0: Welcome to Brewing Arter. I'm Father Dennis Dorner. It is Monday, February 22nd, and today we are joining to do the daily readings. And so as we're looking at today's readings, as we're looking at the feast of uh, the chair of Peter, as we hear the 23rd Psalm that David composed in the Kidron Valley, and as we hear the words today from Matthew's Gospel... What's the most prevalent question that kind of comes from that? For me, it's that question that Christ asks everyone, who do you say that I am? Have you thought about, and I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but who is Jesus? Who do we say Christ is? When we go to that inner room of our own house and we go to prayer, who is it that we see when we close our eyes and think of the Christ? When someone that we care about comes to us and they say, I want you to tell me about Jesus, how would you share that relationship that you have? When Christ stood before his apostles and he asked that question, who do you guys say, or who are they saying that I am? The natural response for so many of them is they wanted to believe that someone else had come back. Now, examining this, you know, and thinking about it and dissecting it, why would they logically I mean, and just think about this. Why would they logically think that it was going to be John the Baptist or Jeremiah or even Elijah for that matter? I mean, Elijah, they, they were waiting for Elijah to come back. You know, the glass of, of Sarah, you know, the, the wine is poured for, 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 um, for Elijah each and every year. And so there's an expectation of Elijah to kind of come back. But there was confusion because it was different than anything that they'd ever heard before. There's no internet to kind of verify. There's no Snopes.com. And so there's this just profound wonder, who is this guy? He's got to be like something we've seen before, right? I think that it's a marvelous display of human nature kind of at play here in Matthew's gospel, we automatically assume it's got to be something that we know about. There's no way I'm witnessing something that I've never seen before. (laughs) There's no way that I'm witnessing something that could be completely new. I've seen it all. Is that pride when we do that? I don't know. I think it might be a little bit. Or this may be the very result of sin in the world. That inability to discern, or even that callous nature that each and every one of us has, kind of, I know how this is going to go. I've been around for a long time. The problem with that is when we we have this uh, set expectation that I know how people are going to be, we're never going to be surprised by how God can work through someone else. It also is putting kind of profound limitations upon God. When we think we know, it's almost as though acting as if all knowledge that, has, uh, that, that exists in general all resides here, because I know. It's kind of a prideful thing. Um, I've been talking with a friend, I'm getting ready to start up a couple new podcasts, and, um, and we're, we're, we're pondering titles as I'm going back and forth and kind of trying to figure out what it is I'm going to do with this, because um, I have a lot to say. <laughs> And as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm thinking about all the different ways in which um, in which we try to go forth in the world, and I'm always thinking there's got to be this new way of doing this, still taking that goodness, that that substance that is of God, but figuring out a new way to share that with the faithful, finding a new way to bring that light and that love into the world, and it's daunting. Is it daunting because it's a lack of creativity? I think it's a daunting because it's a fear. It's a fear that we have that we're not going to be able to do it the way that we should. It's a fear that maybe I'm going to get in trouble for what I say or what I do. Why? I don't know. But... I think it's because all of us really wrestle with that relationship of, of who is it that we think Christ is supposed to be? Is he an authoritative figure? Is he a salvific figure, meaning one who comes and saves? He's all of these things. And I think it's that just the, the limitations that each and every one of us have in our kind of feeble human minds that we, we think that God is just this or just that, rather than being all things to all people. And in that confusion, in that inability to kind of fully grasp, our humanity kind of rears its ugly head and says, it can't be that, it must be this. And what that does to us is it puts limitations on God and each other constantly. Now, is is God going to send his son again? No. No. You know, I remember I got in an argument with somebody, uh, you know, um, it, it was a while back and and they were talking about, you know, Christ coming back. And I said, when Christ comes back again, that's it. It's done. That's the end of times. That, I mean, that's what our faith has told us. That bothered them, the person that I was speaking with. They said, um, I'm trying to protect the innocent, so I'm having to think about... Uh, pronouns that I'm using just to kind of protect, but what they said was when they were talking to me, um, they said, well, do you not believe that God is sending people here and now? I said, of course I do. What do you think I'm doing for my life? That calling is, is absolutely from God. I can think of a million things I'd rather do than be a priest, but it's that calling that I know that God is, 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 has for me. And so, that's what I live out. But that doesn't mean that I think I'm God. The truth is that we have to recognize that God is sending all kinds of people, using lots of different people, not with one definitive, but rather seeking for us to gather those beautiful thoughts, actions, words, guided by love together as a community. He didn't want one singular voice to be the prevailing voice above all, but rather one that guides the flock to be a collective voice. This is the great strength of faith that that the Christian church has that others do not. This voice of Peter, which is currently the voice of Pope Francis. We have... In today's world, uh, those who are appointed to that that chair of, of bishop, not necessarily in the fullness of it through, you know, being in Rome, but those many who have that fullness of holy orders, it is a collective of their voices that makes us even remotely close to that embodiment of God, us being the collective creation seeking to work together in mercy and in grace but we are called to be a cooperative body of love and a curious, hopeful, wondering, but above all loving flock. And may we allow that wonder, that curiosity, that unknown that we encounter in the world before us to inspire a sense of awe that makes us desire to want to know more rather than us encountering something um, that we don't understand that closes us off. May each wonder and curiosity that we encounter today and every day inspire our hearts to open so that we may seek to be love, hope, light, and joy in each and everything that we say and that we do. And this is how we are able to bring about the kingdom here and now by setting forth that example and allowing us to live out that love that we hope for in heaven, here, present. And as we ask ourselves that question, who is it that we say that Christ is? May we allow ourselves to uh, spend some time with our loving God so that we may get to know who Christ is and continue to know, continue to grow, continue to be amazed and in awe with each and every one of those gifts of the spirit fortifying us in a mission of love and bringing about the kingdom here and now. As a friends, we want to thank you for joining us today for uh, Brewing Ardor. My hope for all of us today is that we have a heart that is full of great love and that we seek to encounter our siblings with profound hope, seeking to heal hearts, bring about the kingdom here and now. Peace be with all of you Be good to each other. Take care.